When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, it is Thanksgiving Eve, and I already know some of you are dreading sitting down at the dinner table with your family, with your friends, because there could be some uncomfortable conversations to be had. So where do you draw the line and where do you let it fly? We're going to get into that and so much more. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome on into Outkick the Morning. It is Thanksgiving Eve. We are so close to having one of the best eating days of the entire year. I am excited. I know you're excited. Uh, so let's get this show on the road. So you are one step closer to being able to sit down, stuff your face, and watching, of course, some of the best football of the year as well. So uh, let me first introduce you into the show. This, of course, is Outkick the Morning. I'm Charlie Arnold. And listen, Tomorrow, the big day, like I mentioned, we've got turkey, we've got football, and last but certainly not least, we have weird conversations at the table because, let's be honest, we all know they're coming. Uh, let's say you have a Hillary Clinton-loving cousin. There's always one of those in the family, unfortunately, right? Uh, their goal is to make you squirm by trying to make the case that Joe Biden is the best president ever. Uh, when they say this, just do me a favor, do your best to try and not spit out your food. It's not very becoming, although I know it might be difficult. Uh, but it's crazy that there are some people that actually do believe that Joe Biden is a sound president and continues to be so. Because despite paying for skyrocketing grocery bills, which I'm sure tomorrow's dinner is going to cost your family more than ever, uh, gas also on the rise, going to take even more money to get to that dinner uh, for you and your loved ones. Uh, being on the verge of another world war, uh, which unfortunately we are right at that threshold. Hold. And also having migrants just take all over all of the major cities uh, while you pay for it. Uh, so there's that as well. Some people just can't seem to understand that the Biden administration is literally running our country into the ground. So here's my advice. Instead of arguing with this family member of yours, I say you have them watch this video of me exposing just a few, just a few, just scratching the surface of some of the reasons why Biden is the worst president of all time. First, Exhibit A, I present to you his most recent flub, Biden creeping on a random six-year-old kid. Watch this. Thank you, thank you. And I love your ears. I love them. They're really cool. What's your name? Catherine. Catherine, what a beautiful name. That's my mommy's name. Well, nice to see. How old are you, 17? Six. Um. Yeah, I, I don't even think any words are necessary because did you see Jill Biden in the background? Joe's wife, she looked ultra uncomfortable because I know in her head, she's like, oh my gosh, my husband, he's losing it again. What do I even do? I mean, she has no control over what he does. He goes off script all of the time. That wasn't in the teleprompter. I'm sure everybody who works with him is like, Joe, if it's not in the prompter, do not say it. Do not do it. He doesn't listen. He doesn't even, he doesn't even know what he's doing half the time. Anyways, confronting this girl, telling her that he liked her ears, uh, that is 
so creepy. And I'm sure the mother of this girl also thought it was creepy. But what do you do? This is the president of the United States. This is our commander in chief. You're not going to say stay away from my child. Uh, so really, you have no choice but to allow him to creep on the most innocent of people in our country. Okay, that was just exhibit A. You already know there's an exhibit B coming. Uh, because do you remember the time that Biden told black people that they couldn't think for themselves? It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. All right, listen. All I know is, is that is not something you say out loud. Uh, Joe, I know that you are losing it. And this was even when you were a little younger, you probably already were on the verge of losing it. Uh, this is just not something you say out loud. It's very insulting. It's kind of like me saying out loud to your face. If you're debating whether you're voting between Joe Biden and President Trump, you must be the stupidest person on the planet, which I am saying out loud. If you are debating between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, you are one of the stupidest, stupidest people to ever exist on earth. Uh, but exhibit C, let's move on. This one also very recent uh, because, listen, he he doesn't understand politics clearly. He doesn't even understand his own policies, uh, but he also doesn't understand pop culture because lately he mixed up Taylor Swift and Britney Spears. How does someone even do that? Listen to this. You could say even this harder than getting a, a ticket to the Renaissance tour or 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 Britney's tour. She's down in, it's kind of warm in Brazil right now. All right. So first he brings up Beyonce, which was just kind of like another random name thrown into the mix, bringing up the Renaissance tour, which I don't even believe the Renaissance tour is still going on. And then he went on to mention how Taylor Swift is down in South America on her international leg of her tour right now. And instead of attributing the tour to Taylor, he said Britney Spears. I mean, come on, this, this guy is just all the way around. He's losing it. Uh, it's getting worse and worse by the day. He just celebrated his 81st birthday this week. Uh, it's only going to get worse from here, folks. Next year, he's going to be 82. If he gets elected again, he's going to be 86 by the time he leaves office. Nobody needs that. Nobody wants that. Meanwhile, Donald Trump just came back with an excellent bill of health by his doctor. Uh, so I think we should all know where our allegiances lie. Uh, but... I can't be in this alone, right? I, I need to get another opinion in on the mix. All right. And now joining me, a man who I always knows has no shortage of great opinions, co-host of Fox and Friends Weekend, Will Kane. Hey, Will, Charlie. Happy, happy Thanksgiving Eve to you. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to you. One of the best nights of the year. Not like Christmas Eve. It's like the holiday... That is, if not the pre-party, the party. Everybody's home from college or everybody's just home for Thanksgiving. And uh, Wednesday night before Thanksgiving is usually usually a pretty good time. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they still call it this, but I remember back in my days, they would call it Blackout Wednesday. Uh, you know, I never heard that. Fine. Yeah, because you know it's Black Friday where you get all of the good deals. Blackout uh -huh. Wednesday means you drink drink yourself into oblivion the night before Thanksgiving because you're reunited, like you just mentioned, with all of your friends who have come home, um, especially like in those, you know, very recent post-college years. And uh, everyone just gets a little crazy. So yeah. it doesn't make for a fun Thanksgiving morning, but Blackout Wednesday exists. I do not take part in it anymore, uh, which is a good thing. 
I'll be I'll be partaking tonight. I'm not going to go as far as your. I've never heard it called Black Cow Wednesday before, and I will do my best not to be living up yeah. to its name. But but I will definitely reunite with some old friends tonight for sure. Um. Okay. So I have to imagine that your old friends, old friends, current friends, friends that you might who knows you might meet some new friends out tomorrow night or rather tonight. Um. Probably aren't such big fans of Joe Biden. I mean, you living in Texas. Uh. Luckily, lots of you are are members of, of Team Sanity out there. Uh, Joe Biden loves to make a fool of himself on an international stage when everybody's watching. Do you imagine, Will, that he also will be making a fool of himself among his closest friends and family at the Thanksgiving table? They're probably way more forgiving and understanding. <laughs> They've probably come to um, to expect that Joe Biden will be probably somewhat of a stereotypical grandpa at, at Thanksgiving. I mean, imagine the conversation wanders it's uh rambling and incoherent and then they're it all manifests into a very early nap um but it's kind of weird because he'll have all that which we we will all have at our table we'll have that that person at our at our thanksgiving table but at the same time he's the commander in chief that's kind of, that's such a weird dichotomy right even think about that even in his it is for all of us as american citizens to see that as the leader of the free world but it, imagine you know in your family as well because there's a certain amount of um forgiveness and i don't and the word isn't cute but it is you know it's like um, a little charm like old people it's just charm yeah. like oh poor grandpa like he doesn't know what's going on Right. But this one has a secret service detail, Yeah, you know, and and I guess it would be at the White House. Most likely. Yeah. The Thanksgiving dinner yeah. will be at the White House, maybe at one of his multimillion dollar mansions in Delaware. I think, uh, I think the plan is to be in Nantucket from what I've heard. Is that right? I think so. Who, does he have a house? He doesn't have a house in Nantucket, does he? Is he going to somebody else's house? Word on the street is the Bidens will be in Nantucket for Thanksgiving. A lot of houses, a lot of money for a lifetime of service in the United States Senate. Yeah. Uh, that should be an interesting dinner, but you're right. There are people uh, who take the conversation in a completely different direction. Uh, it's one that they have uh, decided in their own mind that makes sense. Joe Biden certainly will be one of them. But like you said, the fact that he is the president of the United States makes it just a little bit different uh, when you really take time to uh, understand uh, how his mind is is truly failing him more and more by the day. Um, hopefully not failing anybody this weekend. I mean, I'm just speaking on your behalf right now, Will. Uh, I want you to feel like I'm on your side here. Uh, the Cowboys. They've got the, uh, the afternoon game on Thanksgiving against the Commanders. What are you expecting out of them? Is this going to be a Thanksgiving Day treat for fans in Texas and across the country? The football is the least interesting part of this conversation. The Cowboys should dominate the Commanders. The Cowboys are good on Thanksgiving. Um, they have the advantage of always being at home on Thanksgiving and the Cowboys are beating up on bad teams. That That is very clear. They're a bully. And um, I mean, they are outscoring the giants and the Panthers by, you know, 30, 40 points And and the commanders just lost to the giants. So, I mean, the commanders aren't good and I expect the Cowboys to absolutely feast on Thanksgiving, but you know, here's, here's the more interesting things. I love this matchup. The, this is a perfect matchup for Thanksgiving. You know, there's certain matchups in the NFL that just have the right colors, the right um, nostalgia at the right time of year. And I'm going to give you another franchise that I feel okay. like at least at least through my childhood, like Brent Musburger. No, no, no. 
Pat Summerall and John Madden broadcasting a Chicago Bears game uh, in the 1980s in late fall, early winter felt it's not just it's it's not just that it's a good game. Forget that. That's not the game. It, it fits the season and the time and the whole ambiance of the year. And the Cowboys, and I'm going to say this for now because this is the point, and the Redskins on Thanksgiving fits everything that you want on a superficial and atmospheric level for Thanksgiving. I mean, on the most superficial level, it's Cowboys and Indians. And I mean, Pilgrims and Indians is Thanksgiving, yeah. right? The colors literally the maroon and gold and and then the blue and the silver it's a perfect clash they're perfect contrast with one another um it's just a shame that it's called the commanders i mean it's a, wow. it, it, they're generic i hate generic i hate generic uniforms i hate generic names and the best oh, example wait, wait, is commanders better than washington football team no it's definitely not washington football team is better yeah, yeah. the commanders is there's something very usfl about that, right? Like the, the generals, the commanders. I think there was a wasn't there commanders in the XFL at one point? I don't you I don't you probably know the franchises yeah, of the XFL I, I think much there might better have than been, I. yeah. Um yeah, like the, to me the best example this is the Broncos. I love the old Broncos uniforms. When I say old, like before the mid 90s when they rebranded and then they got good. They won two Super Bowls with the with the new uniforms, but I hate the new Broncos uniforms. I hate them. I like the old, right. There's just something authentic and not generic about it. And the, the NFL and society for that matter, may, uh, manner, I think that most of society is moving towards this like generic homogeneity of everyone listening to Taylor Swift and um, using totally geographically inappropriate and, um, innocuous names like commanders so as to make sure the whole the whole society is moving towards this place of the number one priority being to make sure that nobody is offended or has a strong opinion about it. I want strong opinions, bright colors, bright lines, uh, and I want something that matters atmospherically. Like I want team names that fit where you're from. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Houston Oilers. Perfect. Just absolutely perfect. Unique colors, unique name, perfect for the region. And Washington Redskins, Dallas Cowboys was perfect for Thanksgiving. We'll have all the colors, but that's about it. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, you uh, you are very hard pressed to find someone who doesn't get offended over things these days. So therefore, we are moving into the period, like you said, of a very much... Um, just boring and all of the same. And uh, I would love to get away from that. But uh, Dolly Parton, I feel like is one person who is is the least stereotypical. She sings uh, to her own tune, dances to the beat of her own drum. She always has, always will. And guess what? She is performing at halftime at the Cowboys game. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. That, that, that will be awesome. Um you know, when I, I, before I was at ESPN, much before I was at Fox, I was at CNN for five years as a contributor. And I worked on a show called, um, it was first called uh, Parker Spitzer. And then it changed to In the Arena. And the host was uh, former governor of New York, Elliot Spitzer. And I got to know him a little bit. And I remember being in his office one time and he said to me, nobody wants a hundred percent approval rating. You don't want 100% approval rating. You want, um, I don't know if he said you want 50-50, but you want love and you want hate. 
Because if you have 100% approval rating, you can easily have 100% disapproval rating. It's like everything what we're talking about is designed to get you towards 100% approval rating. Yeah. Like the football team names, the the pop culture. Um, and what you get with that is you get no love and you get no hate. You just get like, meh, okay. And I don't like living in. Yeah. Eh, and did you see okay. also, sorry to cut you off. Um, also, you know, like we are moving towards 100% approval rating as far as just people feeling, oh, I'm not offended by anything that happens in sports or the leagues themselves. But did you see yesterday how, or earlier this week, how Tom Brady is now saying that he thinks the league is actually getting worse and moving into the idea of being very mediocre because players now, uh, instead of learning how to take hits, uh, the league is just protecting them from taking the hits at all, saying that they're illegal now. And Tom Brady doesn't have any respect for that. He thinks the game has just gotten very dull and very boring. Yeah, I, I think, well, first of all, this particular season, I I do not think it has been a good NFL. I don't, I, the only interesting thing in the NFL, honestly, has probably been the Miami Dolphins um, off yeah. and on because Mike McDaniel is interesting offensive mind and they do interesting things. Um, they're just surprising and, and I, yeah, I'm you, the Eagles, you, though. you wouldn't put the Eagles in the exciting category maybe. You can't because they're, they're too maybe, close. But to <laughs> maybe, but I hate the Eagles. Maybe, but I hate the Eagles. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I figured. And the Eagles fans should take that as a sign of love. I mean, would you rather me just go, eh, would you rather me feel about you the same way I feel about the Titans? Eh, I mean, I don't care. Um, I was, I was, uh, soccer practice uh, last night for one of my sons and I was sitting on the sideline talking to a lot of the dads as you do and break down the game and all the kids, you know, tactical weaknesses and strengths. <laughs> and I was explaining what I love about sports, like my favorite kind of sports. And I was saying, um, I'll use basketball. Like I'm not a big fan of Ja Morant, not as a person, not, not a, I mean, he's an incredible athlete, but it's just not my favorite style of basketball. I don't love, Hey, look at this incredibly athletic thing. That's one person did and broke down an entire team and scored. It just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Like as an, as an entertainment. And I'm, I'm, I might be alone in that. A lot of people love that. I like, and this is where a soccer comes in. My boys, that's what they're big into. I like to see two or three guys, the more, the better find themselves on the same mental wavelength, um, understanding where I'm going to move and you're going to move. And this is going to be a quick one touch, two pass, boom, 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 boom. And next thing you know, you're through the whole defense and you score. And I like Luca for that reason. I like a guy that can see the whole floor and understand what everybody's going to do. I don't know. I'm entertained by people's brains in sports. I know that sounds like overly, I don't know. It sounds but I, I love vision. I love seeing things. And the NFL in all sports, to Tom Brady's point, are moving towards this sort of um, monotony of repetition where everybody is perfecting the sport. And it's, it's, not, it's unsurprising. And if it's unsurprising, yeah. then it's, it's not as entertaining for me. Um, but I think Mike McDaniel is an exception. I do think what he's doing is surprising with the Dolphins. Like, you know, I'm just watch a play and you often know the defense, much less, you know, where the ball's going to go. It's, it's hard to figure out what's going on and that's fun to watch. Um, so I agree with Tom Brady on that. And then because I don't like leaving a conversation unaddressed, Dolly Parton's great. And Jolene is one of the great songs of all time. Like Jolene is yes. an amazing song, but I never, I'm a huge country music fan. I never really got that into Dolly Parton. And I know she's become well, like this would, pop I'm culture just curious, icon. Would you or is, I mean, is, is Dolly Parton, and I mean, I'm speaking from a woman's perspective because I, I love her. Is, is she more keen? I mean, are women more keen towards Dolly Parton than men or am I off base there? I don't know. I, I think, 
like I, she's just her, there's something about Dolly and maybe how she was kind of like almost cartoonish in the 80s. You yeah. know, we know why. And then but she's pretty true to herself and pretty authentic and unapologetic about who she is that set aside her music endears her to everybody. And then maybe even more so than Willie Nelson, who I love. I love Willie Nelson broke through in a way where non-country fans appreciate and like and and pretend at least to idolize Dolly Parton, even though they probably couldn't name five songs. They could do nine to five and Jolene. Yeah, I can't do them anymore. I'm sorry. How old is Dolly Parton now? I, I mean, let's put an over under on it. Let's I see bet it. the over under's got to be. Is it 80? Is she is it is it 80? Uh, OK, OK, so she's 77. I just, I just looked it up. 77 years old. Not bad. Not bad at all. For not, a not, show. not too shabby. Not too shabby, <laughs> Dolly. Show? Yeah. Is um, it going to be like Beyonce? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, Beyonce is several decades younger. Uh, but if you ask Joe Biden, they're the same. Dolly Parton and Beyonce are the same if you ask Joe Biden. Uh, <laughs> finally, Will, uh, everything that's going on in Ann Arbor and in Michigan surrounding Jim Harbaugh, uh, new details coming out every day. It's hard to like really uh, keep it straight at this point. What's your thoughts on the three-game suspension? Is it enough? Uh, and do you think that Ohio State can get the job? I mean, that Michigan can get the job done against Ohio State this weekend without him on the sidelines in the final game that he will be suspended in this regular season? So there's an asymmetry in the Michigan conversation. Here's the asymmetry. Do I think what Michigan was doing is wrong and cheating? I do. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the evidence is mounting up, and it's it's clear they went over the line. And in 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 an intellectual sense. I think you should be punished. And I do think he gave you a competitive edge. But there's also a part of me that doesn't really care that much. I don't care a ton. Now, I'm not an Ohio State fan. And if OU were doing this, and I'm a Texas fan, I would care a lot more. I would be way more invested in this topic. But since I'm not, I kind of look at it, I guess my initial instinct has always been this is 67 and a 65. You know, okay. this is yeah. this is this, but as the evidence comes in, it's more like, uh, you know, a 85 and a 65. And now I mean, they, make, yeah, they put together quite the scheme. I mean, if yeah. they're in fact that mystery donor and they're destroying evidence, it seems like maybe they were a yes. few steps ahead of, of what other teams who may be partaking in these similar strategies are doing. And it's juicy. And it's interesting yeah. to me and it's juicy as those details come out, but I still don't rise to the level of passion of being outraged. I'm not. That's the point. I'm not outraged. And the asymmetry is if you're a Michigan fan, you're going to hate me already through this conversation. Like anybody <laughs> that doesn't defend Michigan is absolutely public enemy number one. So the asymmetry is like, you know, our mutual friend, Clay Travis, I think he's pretty dismissive of these charges. I'm not 100 percent sure where Clay is on Michigan, but I think he's pretty dismissive and he'll earn the love of Michigan fans. Like it's like deflate gate. Like if I took the side against Tom Brady in deflate gate, there's no win for me. But if you defend Tom Brady, the entire new England fan base will start to see you as a hero, you know, but, but not that that matters. I still need to analyze it and give you the truth. But the truth is I do think what Michigan said did is wrong. I do think the evidence is mounting. I do think it's egregious. If they continue to win and they go to the college football playoff, I'll care more. If they win the national championship, I'll care even more. So yes, at some point, I do think there needs to be a punishment that affects this season. If this is the season where they are cheating, Right. And 
as soon as it matters to me in terms of the outcome, I guess I'll care more. And the point is, I don't think it's going to because I think Ohio State's going to beat Michigan. Ooh, okay. There's a bold take. I mean, a lot of people which will, which will push Michigan out of the college football playoff. Yeah, which which then you wouldn't have to worry about the scenario in which you get more angry and more angry because we we don't even want you to have to think about that heading into the holiday weekend. <laughs> it's not a good mindset to be in, Will. Right? You want to be pleasant for the family. Uh, so finally, on that note, what dish are you reaching for first thing when you sit down at the Thanksgiving table? What is your go to? And also, I mean, are are you a chef yourself? Do you do you contribute anything to the to the kitchen? Second question first. Absolutely not. I just don't have any business in a kitchen <laughs> whatsoever. And not even much business around a barbecue grill. Just not. Wow. Not much about food. Uh, but I will go. I mean, I think I honestly don't think there's that much variance in Turkey. I don't think like. Yeah, can I just I, I this is a debate we have. And I did it this morning at breakfast with my sons. Rank tater tots, french fries, and onion rings. Okay, and we had that debate. And we also debated rank pancakes. I, I already know. It's, it's french fries, tater tots, onion rings for me. Okay, hold on. Sorry, I had to No, no I like where you went, but I think I'm going to talk you out of that. Um, and then rank french toast, waffles, and pancakes. Uh-huh. Do you have that ranking ready? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, what is it? Uh, french toast, pancakes, waffles. Okay, here's the correct rankings, I think. Um, <laughs> I it's, it's nuanced. It's French toast, waffles, then pancakes. However, with the caveat that the variance in French toast is wide. The best French toast easily accomplishes number one, and yes. the worst French toast will land at three easily. So, And the same thing on the other category, onion rings are the French toast of that category. A great onion ring will easily get to number one, a bad onion ring will easily be at three, but judging them based upon their best versions of themselves, it is um, onion rings, tater tots, French fries. Here's why I bring that up. Pancakes and French fries don't have great variants. You know, I don't think. I think a bad I would, French fry. I, have to, I would have to argue with, with you there uh, because I am a French fry connoisseur. Um, I can... I can determine just by looking at it, whether it's going to be a delicious fry or not. I can see the seasoning. I've got like that laser focus on the, on the granules on every single piece <laughs> of potato. Uh, I, you know, like when they're crispy, I will like feel around in a thing of French fries too. And I'll like grope them and I'm like, okay, this is a good one. And I'll pull it out. And I was, I'm very particular. I don't think the fries. best French fry in the world accomplishes what the best onion ring in the world does. It doesn't get there. It just doesn't have, it's not in its nature to be that great. It's also not in its nature to be that bad either. It's just kind of, and right. this is my point on Turkey. Okay. Turkey is kind of, eh. You can do all you want to it. You can fry it. You can try everything in the world and it's going to be turkey. It's still turkey. And, it's not, and it's not bad, but it's not great. So I reach for, so the whole meal is obviously um, dictated by the sides. So yeah. I want to, that's where I'm going. I'm going dressings, not stuffings. Um, I'm going uh, it, sweet potato concoctions can make yes. a meal. So what are you doing with the sweet potato? Can you make it almost like dessert with the marshmallows and all that? Of course. You know what I'm talking about? So those, oh, yeah. that's what I get excited about on Thanksgiving. I think they call them yams, don't they? Isn't that the Thanksgiving terminology? Isn't a yam, I think a yam is different than a sweet potato. Is isn't it? it? I think so. I don't know. We will have to find out. Okay. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and to your family. And thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks, Charlie. Happy Thanksgiving. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned.
Okay, well, I'm sure many of you will have some young faces around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And in case you needed, you probably don't, but in case you need more evidence that the younger generation's brains are absolutely rotting, TikTokers are now praising Bin Laden and it's going viral. Watch this. It is just insane because this letter is so well-written and so reasonably structured um, in an argument. Like you got to present your findings. You got to, you know, you got to state your cause, all that. Like everything he said was valid. All right. So heartbreaking, obviously. But is anyone shocked? I'm not. Why should we be surprised that the generation who has been taught to hate America is now praising a terrorist like bin Laden? Everywhere kids look, they are taught to hate this country. We live in a world where Colin Kaepernick is treated as a hero and our men in blue, the people that ran into the towers on 9-11, yeah, they're called pigs. So unfortunately, this disgusting behavior falls in line with, of course, the praise of bin Laden. But again, why should we be surprised? These are the same people that are staging pro-Hamas rallies on college campuses around the country. They are obsessed with the oppressed versus oppressor mentality and the way that they see it. No matter how evil a person or a group is, it's acceptable because terrorism in their eyes has become a commendable form of resistance so long as it's resistance and liberation against the West. So the question is, how do we save our country from falling apart? Well, first of all, parents, I am looking at you. You need to make sure you need to be very diligent about this, that your kids are spending more time on their homework than they are scrolling TikTok. Because according to a recent Gallup poll, teens are spending an average, this is just on average, 4.8 hours on their phone a day. And I would guess that it's probably even more than that. Uh, also, you need to ingrain in your children a love for America, like parents used to do. You need to make your voice stronger than what they're getting online. Otherwise, the groundwork is being laid, I warn you, for World War III, because social media has certainly become a recruitment tool. And it's very scary to think about this woke generation and what is going to happen when push comes to shove. Are they going to fight for this country or are they going to continue to turn on America? I am inclined to believe that the latter is going to happen unless conservatives take a stand. Now, a lot of people are up in arms about TikTok even having a presence in this country in the first place because it is owned and operated by China. The problem is we can't ban TikTok. No matter what, we cannot ban TikTok because that alone would be a suppression of free speech. And that is something that conservatives cannot stand for. It is a very slippery slope if we decide to go down that path. So what needs to happen is conservatives need to instead make sure they have a stronger presence on social media platforms like TikTok. Now, I know this might be difficult because we have seen so many instances and cases in the past where conservatives are suppressed or even further, they're banned from TikTok for voicing their thoughts and putting their messaging out. So what does that mean? It means conservatives have to get creative. They have to find a way to get their message across without running into these bands that they constantly find themselves in. So how, how is that going to look? I'm not exactly sure, but it's something that people need to give real thought to before things go even more terribly awry. Now, with all of this being said, I want to bring in one of my good friends. I call him the big guns. He is outkick <laughs> writer and contributor, Mike Gunzelman. How you doing? You know, I'm kind of depressed after hearing that because you're you're exactly right charlie it is uh it's sad it's depressing it also kind of makes me angry at times just how much this tiktok craze and this tiktok wave if you would yeah. is really promoting this uh america sucks mentality 
And, you know, you, you mentioned before about the uh, the study that uh, teenagers spend four hours plus every day. But how about this? What's even more troubling is the amount of them that are getting their daily news from TikTok. You oh, want yeah. to talk about something that's not fact checked, that there's no editorial oversight over it. A recent Pew Research uh, Center poll said that a third a third of Americans between the ages of 18 to 29 get their daily news from TikTok. Now, this is insane, right? And, and who are these yeah. reputable news sources that they're getting all of this information from? Content creators could be you and I. It could be, uh, although we would actually do our homework, but it is, it's not even coming from professional organizations that have to have some standard of journalism. But what's troubling about that is this is also people that can vote. So it's one thing we're seeing it a lot, yeah. especially with the Bin Laden stuff, your Gen Zers, your teenagers, your millennials, et cetera. Some of you know, Gen Zers are young, they're teenagers. Um, that's one thing. But now when you have people that are able to, you know, they they can drive, they can get together, they can form these protests. It becomes a movement when they're over 18. And also on top of everything else, they can vote. But in regards yeah. to in regards to this Bin Laden thing, it, it is deeply troubling because you know, though, like, how did we forget what happened? You know, the, the the words never forget. Guess what? People are forgetting or they're not even being taught it in the first place, which is what is so troubling that you're going to go and support those videos. Some of these videos are insane that you're going to go and support Bin Laden. Bin Laden of all people. OK, and be like, oh, well, maybe he has a point. It is it it, it it's it. it it's wild to me. I can't even put into words what it is, Charlie. It, it, it's 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 horrible is what it is. And you have to realize that there is like a very big sense of brainwashing happening here, right? Yes. Uh, these these kids, I'm just going to call them kids because I don't even care if they're technically adults. Uh, their mental capacity is that of a child if this is something they actually believe in. And I don't even necessarily want to say all of them understand what it is that they're saying. And I think the reason why I feel this way is because this is the statement that you're making when you say that you support bin Laden's act of terror on 9-11 after reading his letter, like, you know what, wait a second, this makes sense because America was the bad guy all along. First of all, you have no idea what you're talking about. B, the way that they're putting out their messaging. You know, there's trending songs, there's trending formats on TikTok, the noises that they're using. This is not an appropriate conversation to be had when you have like some type of weird voice, you know, when it's like the, oh no, oh no, like something like that. Like where there, it's almost like you're making a parody or it's like a comedy skit, right? And this is yeah. something that should be taken very seriously. And I feel like the way that they're portraying their messaging just shows that they're just complete imbeciles. Well, I think it's propaganda. I think it is. It's absolute propaganda. Am I saying that it's all manufactured? Probably not. Or some uh, have some sort of influence or uh, there's powers that be behind them making sure that they are pushing out this message. Absolutely. And the way that you said it, the uh, it's 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 meant to bring in it. You, you know, what I mean, they do it in a cunning, calculated yes. way. I would say it's calculated. But when you come down to it, when it, when it all comes down to it, um, uh, you know, I don't feel sad for these people. 
I mean, there's like, I, I don't feel bad for these people if they're that, if they're that much, if they're such idiots that they do believe this. If you think that you can summarize everything that Bin Laden and all the, all the horrible acts that he's done in a 30 to 90 second TikTok video, and all of a sudden that's going to wrap somebody in, which apparently it's happening because it is a movement that's really happening right there. I mean, you can't like there's books, there's books upon books upon books written about Islamic terrorism and bin Laden and all the horrible atrocities that have happened. But we can boil it down. Anybody here in America can boil it down to one thing. 9-11. That's yeah. all you need to know. To paint him as a sympathetic figure is not the answer ever. And a lot of these people don't know what they are even talking about. But. Charlie, the bigger issue, and I've written about this, and you know me, I'm the trending guy, like political trending. That's what I'm all about here. It's um, it's almost become the cool thing to do right now. It is a cool thing to do right now to yes. push back against yes. America, America and Israel. Yes, it is a cool yeah, thing, and, and it's. And a I called it the yeah. oppressed, the oppressor versus oppressed mentality. It is literally taking over, yeah. and anything that has to do with America, it doesn't matter where the conflict is taking place. Uh, We're at fault. It's our fault. We're exactly. at fault. America's at fault. Forget about everything that we've done good throughout the years. Forget throughout the decades, throughout hundreds of years. But how about this? If you, what, what I always love, or I find it ironic and laugh, although it's not really a laughing matter, if these people said these same things in one of these other countries, they would be killed or they would uh, be in prison. Absolutely. Um, but let's keep things light uh, for this okay. final topic. Yes. Because- as, as much as the discussion uh, can take dinner in one direction, the food is the priority. Okay, listen, that's the whole reason we're sitting at this table is to eat our faces off. Let's go. And there is a <laughs> continuing debate, and it will never end, as to which foods are the goats at the Thanksgiving table. Oh, boy. Yes. What, what's your ranking here? Like, what is your, like, first thing that you are chowing down on? What are you reaching for, guys? Yeah. All right. So here's the deal. It's I go with the turkey, a little bit of gravy on the turkey, but the turkey and mash has to be a given, okay? I will go with turkey, mash, but I will tell you what cannot be acceptable. I am not a stuffing person. Oh. I hate stuffing. What? How about the stuffing? That's not even allowed in the room, all right? Go somewhere else if you want to eat that. And then beets. What the hell are beets? I don't know, but I don't want them anywhere near me. I have no on that. Green bowl, cas green casserole, whatever. Take that away. I don't want any of that stuff. Okay, I first of all, this is, this is, <laughs> I don't even know what the word is. I, first of all, stuffing is delicious. No. Uh, supreme. It is a supreme side. Green bean casserole, also supreme. Beets, I do like beets. Don't need them at the dinner table because I feel like we already have the cranberry sauce. Like there's enough red stuff going on. Okay, um, yeah. But I'm also a big fan of corn casserole. I don't know if you've had that. It's like I have not had that. Okay. Corn ready, yeah. corn mixture, delicious. Uh, but I will say one thing that I'm not a fan of, and this might rub some people the wrong way. Okay. I do not like pumpkin pie. I'll I'll give you that. Keep the pumpkins in the pumpkin. Keep, you know what I mean? Keep that all in there. Yeah. Don't even, don't I'm more of an apple those. crisp uh, okay. cobbler type of gal. Love that. <laughs> um, guns, thank you so much. I'm so uh, hungry now. I'm so I, hungry after this yeah, you better. You're probably in charge of all the cooking, right? So you better get into the kitchen. Go put your, put your apron on. Get those spatulas yeah. out, your ingredients, and whip if, something delicious up. If by, if by cooking you mean going to the liquor store, yes. That's exactly what I'm in charge of. <laughs> That's that's also a very, very important component of the dinner. So uh, yes. I support that. Uh, Guns, happy Thanksgiving to you awesome. and your family. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Take care, everybody. <laughs>
All right. And finally, we are coming full circle, ladies and gentlemen, right on back to that Thanksgiving dinner table conversation. We all, I know, have our limits and we have no doubt those limits are going to be pushed. They are going to be crossed and it is going to lead to the question of whether or not we can actually have a peaceful Thanksgiving dinner. So I wanted to find out what the limits were of people in New York City. So I took to the streets and asked that very question. Listen to this. What conversation are you dreading having at the Thanksgiving table this year? If I'm gay. <laughs> okay, and, and, and like, how do you avoid that topic? Don't talk about being gay. <laughs> what, what, do you just walk out of the room? Or like, what's your strategy? Just stuff your face with turkey? Like, how do you not answer the question? 100%. 100%. Okay, so how do you avoid talking about family or anything negative pertaining to family? Bring out a lot of alcohol and don't bring it up and just be in the moment. A lot of alcohol. That that solves a lot of that solves a lot of problems these days. It does. Are we talking politics at the table this year? Definitely. We are getting down to the nitty-gritty at Thanksgiving. There is no sugarcoating no it, if you will. No, absolutely not. We're getting to the point where we're speaking the truth and it's gonna be all laid out right next to the turkey. So yeah. Any other conversations that you feel like should be untouchable at the table? Like, this is meant for just, like, a nice time. Like, let's stay away from this topic. Politics. <laughs> politics, definitely, yeah. What kind of politics do your fam- does your family have? Oh, God. Uh, everyone's kind of different. Everyone's kind of all over the place. I don't know. What conversation are you dreading having at the table? Um, well, I mean... I, t- I first eat a lot, so that's always a fun one to have with my family, but... I'm sorry, you do what? I'm, I fur suit a lot. I'm a furry. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so, what do they know about this, or like, what? How was the reaction? Eh, never can tell, especially with conservative family members. But you know, okay. you ask things, you just deflect somewhere else. Okay. So you have a conservative family, and you're a furry. I mean, yeah. We do what we must. Okay. How? I just. I. I have questions. Like, how did this happen? Because I mean, what? What road did you go down that you figured like this was the lifestyle you wanted to live? unfettered internet access okay so what is your strategy to avoid talking about being a furry at the thanksgiving table again very simply deflection there's plenty of other family members at our gatherings can push that somewhere else amazing excuse me miss uh what conversation are you dreading having at the thanksgiving table this year Uh uh-huh i usually don't get this close to my interview subjects this is a little this is a little inappropriate Uh uh-huh i get okay you don't want to talk about your relationship status. Okay, noted. Uh, I will do my best to pass that along to all of the family members, and hopefully uh, you will be in the clear, Zora. Thank you so much for your time. So the people have spoken. Obviously, some of these make total sense. Politics, always a bit of an iffy topic to talk about at the dinner table, especially if you know that you have some liberal relatives uh, because they get offended over absolutely everything, as we have seen time and time again. Uh, so might want to steer clear of that conversation unless... Uh, you have it in you for a little bit of a, we'll call it a healthy debate. Although, again, most of the things that come out of liberals' mouths, not so sane. Uh, also, religion can be a touchy subject, so I would advise maybe steer clear of that one. On that note, everybody, before I let you go, please make sure to subscribe to the show. Hit the alert so Monday morning you are ready to go. Like, comment, and follow me on social media at Charlie on TV. And with that, everybody, I'll say it one more time. Happy Thanksgiving, and I'll see you Monday.